0: 2022 already feels like a distant memory. In 2022, this time last year, Novak Djokovic was embarrassed and humiliated um, globally. I mean, I'm sure not just, you know, the majority of the tennis world, but I feel like the majority of the... The sports world, or just people worldwide, uh, even people who weren't into tennis, knew what was going on with uh, Djokovic and the whole ordeal about him coming to Australia, the uh, vaccine and and all that stuff, and obviously he didn't play the Australian Open, he's probably the best Australian Open player ever. Uh, Novak Djokovic hasn't lost a match in Australia since 2018. And still he has still yet to lose a match in Australia since 2018 Novak Djokovic uh, today won the Adelaide title beating Korda 6 7 7 6 6 4 in the final um, Korda could have won this on straights uh, sorry he could have won this match in straights if he wasn't a serial choker he had set points in the second set um, There were also break points uh, and then it went to a tiebreak. He lost the tiebreak. And then lost 6-4 in the decider. Uh, I tweeted this uh, earlier. Uh, Sebastian Cordo his um, his performance today against Djokovic looked very, very familiar. Where, where last year in Indian Wells, when he played against Rafa, uh, the same exact shit, the same exact shit he was in, probably he was playing better for the majority of the match against uh, a member of the big three one of the best players probably ever and he was in winning you know he was in a winning position tie break you know all that drama the tension really close competitive and then he chokes on the world's fattest cock and rolls over and dies and loses a match from a pretty good position that was against uh rafa nadal last year at indian wells and today against uh, novak djokovic it was much of the same pretty much again uh was probably better for the majority of the match at least at the start uh put himself in a really good position to win the match uh pretty straightforwardly and straight so and then he started sucking dick seb korda future of america but I mean it's uh not everyone can beat Novak Djokovic and Rafa, I guess. I understand it's a tall task. Um but Seb Korda, I mean a good tennis player, but like you 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 gotta be that guy, you know what I mean? Seb Korda I don't think we'll ever be that guy. He's uh, Felix Ogelia seem vibes. Really. So, uh, uber talented, um, hell of a player, fit, you have the body for it, you have the frame, uh, you don't have the mind or the character or the personality, really. Doesn't matter how good your tennis is. Even if, uh, honestly, uh, FAA, Corda, and a bunch of some of these younger guys, um, you know, the similar uh, generation. Unreal talents, like physically as well as physical specimen. R- specimen, sorry, remarkable. But if you don't have the character, the guile, the mind, the personality for it, then yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hold on a sec, safe. Why are you talking about ATP right now? Well, again one of my very popular uh, sayings or phrases goes um, the ATP sucks it doesn't none of it matters it's all very low level and very irrelevant except for second week of slams or finals of whatever tournaments or quarterfinals onwards from in um, master 1000s so like round two of a 250 you can miss me with that uh first round of a 500 uh please don't talk to me uh atp challenger (laughs) Uh, yeah no thank you but in all seriousness i think the atp tour is gonna be pretty good this year i think Uh, a lot of players seem to be trending upwards um obviously Djokovic is back it looks like he'll play uh what looks like very close to a full season um Carlitos is not going to be playing the Australian Open uh but you feel like he will have some sort of a comeback later this year Um uh, Medvedev, Zverev, uh, Rublev, Tsitsipas uh, you know uh, and some sort of kind of like outsiders like Runa, Kyrgios Are those even outsiders? I think so. Um, No, I think it should be good. It should be good. I look forward to it. Uh, Over the coming weeks, uh, as we gear up for the Australian Open, I'll be spending some time talking about uh, ATP, not just matchups, but also the general state of the tour, certain players, uh, etc. But in general, none of the matches i guess are relevant at all i think they're all really 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 bad what i mean by that it's just like i just think it's so low level the atp tour is so top heavy where it's like so like i say i said like second week of a slam onwards uh, a couple of finals here and there like a 250s or 500s or like quarterfinals onwards and master 1000s like why those matches because then at that point you re- you really truly have the best players left you don't have players like uh federico coria or or greek sport or i don't know who the fuck you know playing a tennis match you just don't want to see and and quite frankly none of these guys or really no one outside of the top 10 or 12 uh stand a chance at any of these tournaments you know what i mean like it, doesn't really take a genius to predict the the semi-finalists of a of a slam you know what i mean like at the start of the tournament you can just see who's playing and maybe like quarter finalists i'm sure you can just look at the draw and be like all right these are gonna be the eight quarter finalists semi-finalists even uh, even easier maybe for some people you know what i mean try doing that for the women's ah, good luck but for the men's, you know who's gonna be in the mix in the end. But once we're there, like once at a big tournament, a Masters one thousand or a Slam, a quarterfinal, semis, and the final, uh, the final as well, obviously. Like that tennis right there, there's nothing like it. Obviously, it's the best in the world. It's great to watch. It's the, the highest of quality, and and that's the shit that that's part of the reason why we love tennis those crazy crazy games think of Federer Djokovic uh, Wimbledon 2019 think of Rafa Djokovic last year at the French Open Uh, Carlos uh, versus Sinner last year at the US Open Um, a lot of good matches Um, Fritz Rafa at Wimbledon I thought was crazy Um, Djokovic's comeback against uh, Sinner. Matches like that, uh, sort of in the business end of tournaments, those are the instant classics. Okay. 2022 feels like it's in the distant memory. Because this time last year, Irina Sabalenka, when she started her season in Australia, prior to the Australian Open, she played Adelaide as well. She played week one and week two in Adelaide. And it was a complete disaster, to say the least. I feel like I'm being very generous and fair and completely understating the situation when I call it a disaster. Arena Sabalenka's 2022 season was probably her worst of her career, despite making the US Open semifinal, making the final at the WTA finals, um, and a couple other finals. No titles, though, and largely... Uh, A very, very disappointing year. Um, Her summer in Australia at the beginning of the year in Adelaide and the Australian Open was sort of a hint of what was to come. She didn't look good at all. Uh, Throughout the year, uh, it never really got as bad as it did in Adelaide especially, which was her first and second tournaments of the year. Adelaide one, Adelaide 2 last year. It was a disaster, double faults, crying on court, um, mentally just completely, um, like, damaged, almost. And we discussed it yesterday, it's not technique, or ball toss, or or anything like that. Uh, it was purely mental. And, uh, she did struggle with that a lot last year. Not as bad as Adelaide, though, at the start of the year. Uh, at the top of my head, the two matches that were the worst, and it's it's really a painful watch if you haven't seen it uh, f- for yourself, um, but I think on uh, Twitter or YouTube, I'm sure you'll find it. Um, her match against Rebecca Peterson and her match against Kaya Yuvan. Oof! And just like Djokovic last year was sort of the lowest of lows here for her in Australia. I mean, Djokovic didn't even play. He, like, showed up and then got sent away, but, I mean, that's equally as humiliating as, um, Savalenka's, uh, performance in Adelaide those two weeks, and the Australian Open, despite her making the fourth round or quarterfinal, I'm not sure, but then she had a disaster class against Kai Kanepi in the, was it the quarterfinal? Maybe, I think so, I'm not sure, maybe, um, maybe fourth round, not sure, though. I don't remember don't quote me but anyway Sabalenko won the Adelaide 500 uh, without dropping a set played four matches and honest she had a first-round bye. and honestly all four of the players she played on the way to the title are uh, pretty good players no um, Samsonova was her first match of the year um. who apparently is uh was a US Open contender last year and uh, one of the better players from 2022 and, and, and highly rated and, and the way people perceive her is that she's uh, a good player I strongly disagree I think her drugs the ones that she took from Karatsev's locker those drugs might be wearing off I think but that's a good win, I would say, 7-6, seven, 7-6. Six, seven, six. And then Drusva, despite her um, being injured or MIA for the majority of last season, um, at the end of last season, played some smallish tournaments, won a title, made, a, made a, another decent run at another tournament, and then here uh, played pretty well to get to the quarterfinal. Uh, Sabalenka beat her in straights. And then there was Bigu. I know it's just Bigu, but Bigu also was having herself uh, a decent week. Beat Ostapenko. Beat Kudermetova, Both in straights. I mean, not the craziest of wins. And then obviously Noskova in the final, who's probably the smallest name, but hell of a player in hell of a week from uh, Noskova. Um, I think there was a stat that they showed... It said something like, Noskova played 16 sets this week, coming into the final, and Sabalenka only played 6. And, like, the time spent on court, I think, uh, Noskova's was, like, around 11 hours, and Sabalenka was only 5. So, obviously, a huge difference. Noskova had huge wins and and really long, uh, tough battles against Vika. And, uh, Unce to get to the final. That's who she faced in the quarterfinal and semifinal. And, wow, those those are two huge wins, especially in, in deciding sets. And Vika was a tiebreak, and then, uh, against Unz, she served it out, uh, and, and took the third set 6-4. Uh, incredible week from Noskova. Incredible week from Sabalenka, didn't drop a set. Honestly, it's very possible you play devil's advocate here and and say, well... And, and sort of argue against uh, how impressive Sabalenka's week is here. And honestly, there are some decent points to make if you're sort of pessimistic or like a half uh, glass half empty kind of guy or girl. Like, um, okay, okay, her first match against Samsonova. Yeah, Samsonova was on drugs last season. Right now, she's, she's, you know, doing the cycle. Right now, she's not on the drugs. If they played this match like one month from now or one month ago she uh samsonova would have beat her okay uh Vondrusovo is not fully fit and still you know lacking some some peak match fitness and and rhythm and and things like that so yeah and then bigu it's like yeah okay it's bigu who the fuck's bigu i don't even know her she sucks you should you should be beating bigu okay and then Noskova, you beat an eighteen-year-old in the final who who had an exhausting week and is gassed and has never been here before. Okay, whatever. Obviously, that is an exaggeration, but those are all points to consider. Why am I bringing this up? Honestly, I'm not ready to to fully. Uh, what's the word? To sort of proclaim that, alright, this is Sabalenka's year, this is it, she's back. Not quite. Not quite. She isn't playing this week in Adelaide too. I don't think she was planning on playing anyway. Um, a lot of players were, and then they withdrew. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but Sabalenka, next up for her, it's, uh, it's the Australian Open. And then, And then we can talk. You know, win some matches at the Australian Open, and then and then we can talk. It's not that I'm, I'm pessimistic. I just have higher expectations, to be honest. And uh, need a bigger sample size. And I want, I want her to to do better, to achieve more. I want this to be the beginning of something to kick start, uh, to kickstart an incredible run, and a, and a very successful season i think it's possible um however i'm not ready to sort of and fully anticipate or or predict that that's gonna happen okay nevertheless it's a huge step in the right direction and what a contrast from how her 2022 started here in adelaide now to sort of summarize or just recap um some of the matches, or, or some of the player performances uh, this week in Adelaide, we mentioned some of them already. Some of the more impressive ones, like Von Vondrusova uh, Von showing that she can compete at a at a good level, uh, and physically she's she's back, probably just lacking the 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 rhythm that comes with playing like competitive matches, sort of at this level. Uh, but I think she'll get there, and that's not going to be a problem for her, and, and the signs are good. Uh, love love Marketa Vondrusova. I think she's a, a very good player, and there's a lot of promise for her. And definitely a good start for the season. Um. I think it's popular amongst tennis players when you lose to someone who goes on to win the tournament. Like, you don't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, I lost to her, but, like, no one beat her. You know what I mean? So... Uh, I think, from a player's perspective, like like mentally, you can walk away like like this is, like this is okay, you know what I mean. She ended up like winning the title. Another player was Bigu, and and Bigu like she beat Kudrymetsova, and that was a bit of a surprising one, I think. And having watched that match. Isn't Kudrematova just, like, a bigger version? Sorry, isn't Bigo not just a bigger version of Kudrematova? I mean, as far as their frame and sort of, like, their build, it's very similar. Uh, their playstyle it's very similar. Um, it's not that she's a better Kudrematova. She's just a bigger one, but she did beat her. And I think Bigo has a lot of promise. It's just... She's wildly inconsistent, and sometimes she looks very uninterested uh, in playing tennis. Uh, a veteran's veteran, but she, she's sort of been in the mix uh, the last few years. I don't know what it is with these Romanian women. They peak so late. Sorry, Cristea, Anna Bogdan. It's kind of crazy. Like, they get better over time. Like I believe they're all in their 30s. Cristea, Bogdan. Bigu, and I think last year was all three of their best seasons, and you feel like this year they can be even better as they're, you know, going into later years in their 30s. On she it was a bit of a weird week for her, a lot of her matches were pretty close, but at the same time, not really. Um, She won all of her matches in straight, she also had a first round bye. Um, she only won two of the three matches she played. She lost in the semis. Uh, but she beat Kirstea and Kostyuk in straights. And honestly, kind of struggled with both of them. And I think she's a far better player uh, than both of them, espe- especially Kostyuk. I think the Kostyuk match was really close. And the first set against Sori Kirsteja was really close. 7-6 and the tiebreak for Unz and then 6-1. Um... But I don't know, uns is honestly not that amazing, and that's, like she can play well, she has played well, she's had some incredible tournaments, made two slam finals last year, Unz. um, But she's definitely beatable, definitely beatable. Um, And I, I feel like a lot of players would feel like they could beat her, and a lot of different kind of players can also beat her, that's, that's an important one. Fucking Noskova beat her in three sets. Mm-mm. Vika, her last couple tournaments, uh, definitely impressive. I believe the last two tournaments uh, she played, she won at least two matches. Uh, she beat Wen Cheng, which at the time was really impressive, but then after watching Wen Cheng yesterday, um, I really don't know how, how much talk we can put into that. Uh, but the previous tournament that she played was at the end of last year in Guadalajara, and she was definitely impressive. I think she made quarters or semis, Uh, and just showing that, uh, you know, class, uh, form is temporary, but class is permanent. She can definitely still play, and she's a unreal competitor, and she can still hit the fuck out of the ball sometimes, so that is always good to see. Uh, we talked about her, uh, yesterday. Um, she really does need to take an extra step, and it's a bit of a big one. Like, I feel like she's on the cusp of being, like, a, like, a solid top 10, player a competitor a player that's always in the mix in the conversation in every tournament that she plays and she kind of sort of is but then like you know she's gonna lose like quarters or semis or something like once the matches get tough and and you know the stage is bigger it's a bigger round against a bigger player better name like you you know she's gonna lose i mean here she lost to Bigo, which was i think probably the biggest upset of the week uh Kudermetseva was up three love, lost in straights, and, like, she was on fire coming into that, beat, uh, her first two matches, beat the fuck out of Andreescu and Anisimova, and I, I know it's, uh, those are just names, um, like, big names, Anisimova and Andreescu, I know they're not that great, but, but still. Earlier in the week we saw Ostapenko, Rebecca, Collins. Rebecca and Collins was a first round match and I, I think it was like the first banger of the season. Uh Rebecca won that one. And then Rebecca lost to Kostyuk. Uh Kostyuk, man uh, such a weird such a weird player. Kostyuk never know what to expect, uh match to match. Um she played a honestly decent match against uns, but uh, her decision making is so bad I think her tennis IQ is so bad Uh, what carries her is her power her speed and athleticism she's so athletic uh, fast she's like really fit and a a great mover on the court but she's, she's kinda dumb I don't know uh, played a, Anyway, played a great, uh, positive uh, match against once. Then on the next day, she played qualies, first round of qualies against Shelby Rogers for the next Adelaide tournament. And lost in the streets. I mean, I mean, come on. Just to get this out of the way, the other tournament that we had this week was uh, the Auckland one where Coco Golf won. She beat Masarova 6-1, 6-1. Uh, it was delayed by rain, and then it was interrupted by rain. Um, so yeah, congratulations to Coco Golf. This is the first tournament she ever plays, where she's the one seed. Uh, looking at the players that pulled up to that tournament and attended, you are, you should not be surprised that she was the one seed and that she won. Um, I believe every match that she played, she was in the minus five hundred range. Like 1.14 odds average, something like that. Just something horrific like that. Great week, though, for Masarova. Uh, I think she's a hell of a player. She's a Roland Garros girls uh, champion. So she has won a slam before at the junior level. And she's going to be playing uh, qualies, which starts tomorrow, by the way. We're also going to get to that in just a second. Um, and I think it's, it's going to be really tough, honestly, because obviously she deserves to be in the Australian Open main draw, but like you just played a full week and a final and you lost. And then I think either tomorrow, like either Monday or Tuesday, you're going to be playing first round qualies for the Australian Open, which, uh, is kind of harsh. Another player who's also in the same boat is Noskova. Even though Noskova at the time was just outside the rankings, like the cutoff, ...to make the main draw. Um, But now she's up to... After making uh, the final of the WTA 500 in Adelaide. uh, She's up to like 54, I think, in the live rankings. Like tomorrow she's going to be ranked uh, 54 in the world. And, you know, despite that, unfortunately she still has to play... uh, qualities which I think is still really harsh... ...and a bit of a tough ask considering... Uh, she had to qualify for Adelaide, made it all the way to the final, played a couple of three setters, uh, spent a lot of time on court, and now she has to go play three matches, win three matches just to qualify to the Australian Open main draw. It's kind of harsh, no? I mean, it, it's. I guess casuals or just like an average tennis fan would be like. Well, surely after such a great week, I mean, she's so good. She definitely, you know, is better than all these girls in qualifying. Surely she's going to just breeze through. I mean, you would think so, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. So this week, starting tomorrow, Adelaide 2. Pretty much the same tournament as we had this week. Same format. Also a 500. Uh, They're essentially just running it back in Adelaide. The top 3 seeds actually withdrew from the tournament along with Madison Keys who is the 7th seed. Uh, obviously uh, Keys Pagula. Uh, congratulations to Team USA for winning uh, the United Cup. Keys and Jesse Pagula both featured so they're not going to be playing this week. Ons also withdrew. And Iga Świątek also withdrew. Uh, Keys was a 7 seed. Obviously, Igor Unce and Jesse Pagula were seeds 1, 2, and 3. So that means that Caroline Garcia will uh, assume the draw of the 1 seed. So she's going to be all the way at the top of the draw. Carol fucking Garcia. And at the bottom of the draw, where the uh, 2 seed is meant to be Unce, Cassid uh, Kina is going to get that fucking, uh, draw. So, Kara Garcia and Kassad uh, both with first-round buys. That's it. The rest of the draw, here's, uh, here are the first-round matchups. Uh, Potapova, Sinyakova, Ostapenko, Kalinskaya, mogoruta Bencic, Wow, Collins, Plushkova, Pavlyuchenkova, Julie Teichman, uh, wild Wildcard versus Alexandrova. Vika Kudermetova BHM, Sori Kristeo. Anisimova, Samsonova. Bigu, Storm Sanders, now Storm Hunter. Anette Kontaveit Bedosa, wow. Kvitova Rabakina, wow. Shinwen Shang, Shelby Rogers. And Alison Risk, Krajikova uh, a lot of lucky losers. N.E. Simovo. Shelby Rogers. Allison Risk. And Potapova. Four lucky losers. Four players withdrew. Uh, Pagula. Unce. Iga. Madison Keys. So the majority of our bets in the last two days in... Was it Saturday and Sunday where the... Were the qualifying matches where we just had the semi-finals and the final in Adelaide 1 and Auckland so pretty much over this weekend we bet the qualifying and I th- there were a lot of big names that played qualies such as um, Annie Simova, Julie Teichman, uh, The Zhangbanger Banger, Anna Bogdan, Sinyakova, Shinwen Shang, Potapova, Sasnovich, Kalinskaya, Alison Risk, Plushkova, Big Julie Nemo, Marta Kosciuk, Shelby Rogers, Kai Kanepi, Camilla Georgi, Sori Kristea, Anna Bondar all played qualies uh, over this weekend. Uh, which, uh, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty stacked. A lot of the matches were pretty good. One match that I would really like to talk about was Shin Shang versus Potapova today from the final uh, round of qualies. Now, Potapova made the main draw. I mean, she's basically in, they're both in. Uh, Potapova as a lucky loser Wen Sheng won uh, 6-7-7-5-7-6 in 3 hours and 36 minutes it's one of those matches where it's like like a scoreline of 6-7-7-5-7-6 in 3 hours and a half like usually that makes for a good match I mean obviously it's close as fuck it was probably tense you know suitable that it ended with a uh, deciding tiebreak but despite all that I I, I don't know I mean I, um, for those who might have watched it or followed it um, was this a really really good match or a really really poor one because honestly the tennis that was being played was horrible from both I mean both players were really really bad I honestly feel bad for Potapova for losing that match I mean She's in anyway, so I guess it didn't really matter in the end. But, I mean, it still kind of does, though, you know what I mean? Um, I'm sure she would have loved to win, even if she knew that, uh, like, they're both going through, or, like, there was a lucky loser spot, or whatever. Um, but Shinwen Shang came through, and we talked about this yesterday. Shinwen Shang, she's really not that good, and she's been playing really, really bad low key, And this kind of confirmed it. I mean, any... Like, yesterday, any, like, okay player would beat Potapova in straights. You know what I mean? And, like, pretty routine win as well. Like, really straightforward. Uh, But Shinwen Sheng was horrible. I think she lacks confidence. Yesterday, uh, I mentioned how she's far from being a complete player. Um, Really, during her rise last season, some of the things that carried her just... Her, her aggressive play, her big hitting from the baseline, and her serve. Honestly, none of those things have been working out for her recently. And you watch her play, and she's just a bang-on average tennis player. If not, honestly, below average. Decision-making really poor, confidence really low. Serving, uh, for the most part, ineffective. Uh, a shit-ton of errors, just blah. And Potapova was like kind of hurt, affected by the heat. Potapova herself didn't even play that well. Uh, it, was a, it was a really rough watch. Sori Kirstea had two really good comeback wins uh, one one against Camilla Giorgi, one against Kaya Kenepi. Against uh, Camilla Giorgi, she was down 7 5, 3 1. Uh, Camilla Georgie was up 7 5 3 1. She only won one game for the rest of the match. Uh, Kristea won the second set 6 4. And then the decider 6 love. Against Kaya Kinepi, she was a setup. Sorry, went 1 3. Kaya Kinepi was up 5 3. Sorry, Kristea held for 4 5. Kaya Kinepi served for the match, got broke. Sorry Kirsteia held for 6-5 And then broke Kaya Kanepi For the match uh, Kaya Kanepi see, uh, on match point uh, Hit a double fall It was beautiful But sorry Kirsteia, that was some pretty good stuff uh, Pliskova, honestly uh, Two good wins For her 6-4-6-3 uh, six, six, against Big Julie Nemo And then 6-4-6-3 six, six, Again against Shelby Rogers That's a good win And Shelby Rogers by the way Beat Marta Kostyuk 6-3-6-3 six, three, six, three. Hmm. Kalinskaya, pretty good win in the first round against Sasnovich. Uh, Allison Risk, uh, beat a player I've never heard of before. And then lost to Kalinskaya uh, pretty easily. 6-3, 7-5 uh, today, yesterday, whatever. But uh, she got a lucky he loser spot. Uh, Sinyakova, marathon match against Anna Bogdan. Uh, she won 6-7, 7-5, 7-5 uh unfortunate for Anna Bogdan that she didn't get a lucky loser spot honestly uh she beat the Zangbanger in straights which is a pretty impressive win in the first round uh considering Anna Bogdan not too good on hard courts and the Zangbanger that's probably her best surface Siniakova low key hell of a tennis player if she gets her shit together her doubles that's exceptional and Jilly Teichman back to winning ways. Uh, Anisimova beat Taylor Townsend. She looked horrible. Uh, Julie Teichman beat uh, Tarantula 6-1-6-love. And then beat uh, Anissimova 7-6-4-6-6-1. Jilly Teichman, man, when she gets going, when she she's such a vibes player, she's like, I feel like she's the, what's the word, Ep- epitome? Is that a word? Am I saying that right? She's like the definition of like, look good, feel good, play good. Like, she's just all like vibes. You know what I mean? Like total rhythm and, and feel. Um, I think like the, I guess the psychological term for that is is when athletes achieve that state of flow. And when Jilly Teichman gets in, gets the flow going, gets in the zone, hell of a player. Anisimovo, Shinwon Shang, and a couple of other players. We're gonna make hopefully a lot of money, uh, fading the fuck out of them throughout this season, and hopefully this week too, because they're both uh, they're both in the main draw. So let's see. As far as first round matches, there are some really really good ones. Uh, like Potapova sinyakovo that's a pretty good match. Ostapenko Kalinskaya is pretty good. Muguruza Bencic is, uh, wow, what a, what a match that is. Collins Plushkova also. Pavlyuchenkova, who's playing, I think, her first WTA tour level main draw match, it feels like, in like seven years, against Julie Teichman. That's a pretty good one. Uh, Viko versus Kudermetovo, That's a really good match. Uh, Bia Haddad Maya versus Sori Kirstea Wow. Anisimova, Samsonova. Okay. Uh, Bigu versus Storm Sanders, who now goes by Storm Hunter, is honestly not that bad. Um, Storm Sanders, Storm Hunter, uh, wild card. And honestly, um, always seems to play well in Aussie, so let's see. Contivate Bedosa, wow. Kvitova, Rabakana, wow. Shinwon Shang, Shelby Rogers, okay. And Alison Risk versus uh, Barbora Krejčíková, One of my new favorites, Barbora. Honestly, the first round is fucking incredible. Who do I, th- who do I think is going to win this? Um, not Kasatkina, not Carol Garcia. Karo um, Garcia, uh, she has a first round by. Same with Kasatkina. Uh, both of their first matches would be either... For Garcia it'll be either Potapova or Sinyakova. Kinda kinda easy considering the players that are in this draw. And for Kassadkina, it'll be either Barbora Krajikova or Alison Risk. Uh, oh, Krajikova would beat the fuck out of her, but who knows how she'll do against Alison Risk. And knowing Kassadkina and her very good fortune, Alison Risk probably beats Krajikova and then plays the worst match of her life against Kasatkina and before you fucking know it Kasatkina is in the quarterfinals <clears throat> now who's going to win this tournament honestly there's it's it's fucking stacked and before you know it half of these players are going to be gone so what i'm going to do is uh it's kind of cheating i'm going to tell you who's going to win this tournament after for the first round's over So I guess by like Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, whatever, um, like before the second round starts, uh, I'll have picked my winner. Okay. Because these first round matches are all bangers. Uh, Which means that uh, the second round matches are going to be more of the same. Alright, so six matches in Adelaide tomorrow. Uh, First up, Pavlychenkova versus Julie Teichman. Now, so we're getting Jilly Teichman, who, like we were just saying a few moments ago, um, once she gets it going a little bit, gets some wins and matches on her belt, looks good, she wins. Uh, she starts playing better and better, and, and that, that usually leads to more and more wins, right? Uh, now, we're, she's playing against uh which feel, it f- feels like she hasn't played in forever. Uh, honestly, it feels like the last time she played was 2021 French Open Final. Where she lost to Kreejikova. I mean, hell of a player. But Jilly Teichman, minus three and a half only. And minus 185 only. Which you can put in some of your parlays. Uh, uh, uh. Yep. Yep. I think that's what we call a gift. Kvitova Rybakina. Now, this is probably the most beautiful matchup... Um... If you're a fan of big hitting, both of these players are essentially the same person. The same frame, the same height, um, the same build. The only difference is Kvitova's left-handed. Other than that, they're the same fucking player, pretty much. Uh, Rabakuna might have a better serve. Kvitova might have a slight advantage with her quality um, of shots. Rabakina has a a backhand advantage. They played for the first time not too long ago uh, in Ostrava. I think two or three months ago was an an absolutely amazing match. Uh, uh, Rabakina won 7-6, 7-5 I think. Now this one, I think this one's going to be a lot closer and much more straightforward for Rabakina. She did cover the two and a half in, in Ostrava when they played. And I think she's gonna do it again Okay this is This is one of them lines That are just like It's just wrong Sorry Kirsteo is plus 135 Against Bia Hadadmayam That's just That's ridiculous That's actually ridiculous I, I mean I'll take it But like how though I love that I really love that. Sorry Crusoe plus one thirty-five. I don't think Bia that, she she played the United Cup, right? But I think Brazil played like a bunch of fucking no names or something. I don't I didn't even really follow it. And especially not like the Brazil fixtures. Um But Bia Haddad Maya as well, just like Xinhuan Shang. Um totally off the wagon. I think they're very overrated and hence probably why this line looks like the way it is. That doesn't even make sense. Uh, sorry, Kristeo also owns a 3-0 head-to-head record over BHM. What? Collins, Plushkovo? Honestly, some of these matches could be Grand Slam like quarterfinals, really. Kvitovo, Rabakino. BHM, Sorry, Kristeo, maybe like second or third round or something. Uh, Collins, Plushkovo? Really does feel like it could be a Grand Slam quarterfinal. Uh, Collins is plus 115. This is a line that makes a bit more sense. I mean, Collins, obviously, better player than Pliskova, but Collins, um, playing her first match uh, of the week here, she played last week, uh, lost to Rybakina from a set-up. Pliskova lost last week, too, uh, to Ostapenko, but had to play qualies, like we said earlier. And 1-2, pretty good matches, 6-4, 6-3. So, this line does make sense. But it's going to have to be a Danielle Collins. Uh, Simple as that. At Plus Money, mm, 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 mm. it's just, I mean, forget the matchup. As far as the line goes, it's just overreaction to the player's last match, or matches. I mean, Collins' last match, she lost. Uh, Plushkova's last match, or matches, uh, she won, which were in qualies. But, if you look at last week, she lost too. Just like Collins did. So, this line, kinda makes sense, but at the same time, it's based on an overreaction. Collins plus 115 looks really good. Uh, Jamie Forless, wild wildcard, versus, uh, Alexandrovo, um... This is gonna be a pass, obviously. I mean, I hope it's obvious for for you guys too, but I know people, uh... Some people are really sick, and they'll bet this. Uh... Alexandrova should just win. I mean, seems obvious, but, like, you never know. She should win. Um... Mogruta Bencic, wow. That's, uh... That's, like, one of the night... Evening session matches. Um... I really don't know, I mean, the the lines are kind of like, eh, I don't think there's value on either side, unless you can uh, truly make a a good prediction, you know what I mean? Because this could really be a Bencic, like 6-2, 6-1, or like a 6-4, 6-2, or 6-4, 6-3 type match, or it could be really, really close, it could be a 3-setter. Um where is competitive. I don't I, I don't feel like there's an in-between. Having said that though, Benchich and Straits Yeah, definitely Benchich and Straits. Now that's it for Adelaide. Really looking forward to it. Should be really good. And then it'll take us right into the Australian Open. And just like this past week, there's also a 250 being played. Um, it's in Hob- uh, we're calling it Bart Simpson in Australia, it's a 250 and uh, the lineup uh, looks okay, but tomorrow's slate doesn't, tomorrow's slate looks horrible, some of the tennis players, and I, I say tennis players because you know, tennis players that are playing tomorrow, Nino, Rebecca Marino Sloan Stevens, Lauren Davis Tatiana Maria Talia Gibson Patricia Maria Tig Is she, isn't she like 50 versus Jasmine Paulini? Oh my god. But some of the other play some of the other players that are in that playing that tournament this week. Uh Claire Lou, Putin Seba Alize Cornet, Sonia Kennan, Zhu Lin, Bronzetti, Blinkova, Zanevska who qualified. Elise Mertens, NPD, who qualified, Mayor Sharif, and Bonaventure who had an okay week in Auckland. Is that how you say it? Auckland? Auckland? I don't know. But anyway, I am not going to be looking at that draw, um, or breaking it down, because I will feel sick. I will feel sick. Uh, it's an okay one. Uh, there probably will be um, some interesting matches, and... and depending on how, you know, the, the, the draw, like, shapes up. Could be for some interesting matches later in the tournament, uh, but for the moment, I am not... not going to be taking a closer look at this draw. However, we will talk about tomorrow's matchups. There are seven of them. Um, a lot of them are passes, so I'll tell you which one are passes. Uh, Kelly Nino Marino is a pass. 100% pass. Tatiana Maria versus Talia Gibson is a pass. Xinyu Wang versus Olivia Gadecki is a pass. Patricia Maria Tig versus Jasmine Pelini is the biggest pass of the week. If you bet this match, you're sick. You're the sickest fuck I know. Which is okay. I respect that. But you're really, really, really sick. So the matches that are not passes tomorrow. Uh, Martinsava, who apparently was plus 135 against Kaya Yuvan. All respect to Kaya Yuvan. Love Kaya Yuvan. Big baller when she's playing well. Uh, but that was a hilarious line. Today, again, a hilarious line. Martinsava only minus three and a half against Laura Siegmund, who I'm sure is also 50. Lauren Davis is plus 110 versus Sloane Stephens. Sloane Stephens, not a tennis player. Uh, Lauren Davis uh, uh, is a qualifier and honestly played pretty, pretty well uh, and qualifying looked good. Uh, Buskova-Christian, sorry, uh, that's a decent-ish match. uh, Buskova's first match of the year. Really excited to see what she has in store in 2023, Uh, but that's a pass actually. I think all the matches tomorrow are passes there, except for just bet Lauren Davis and Martin I think. And then it's on to the next day, which looks a bit more promising. Uh, But probably, honestly, on to the second round, I think. Because some of these players need to fuck right off. Okay, so Australian Open qualies start tomorrow. Um, There's like a million matches. It's always a bit chaotic, a bit of a shit show um, qualifying as three rounds, and, like, the first round of qualies are played in, like, the first two days, just because there's, like, literally a million matches, um, uh, men and women. Um, I'm gonna skim through the matches, not gonna talk about every match, um, I will spend maybe no more than 15 seconds talking about the interesting matchups, or just some players to to look out for okay um okay so right away the one of the early matches the that caught my eye uh this filipino girl alexandra i don't know how to say her last name ila iala versus misaki doi uh that match is the pick'em alexandra Iala uh won u.s open girls i think um like juniors and she's honestly pretty good, she's okay, um, Doi is, uh, yeah, I, I think that's, like, a fun, that's not, like, a, you know, huge edge or anything, as as far as that, I think that's a fun bet, Alexandra, she's, like, 16 years old, uh, and honestly, really, really good, so, um, if you like feel-good stories, or sort of rooting for the underdog in the sense even though she's probably going to be a favorite by the time this match starts uh i think that's interesting and if she wins this then who knows eva Lise is playing tomorrow a german player really fucking hot <clears throat> but she's uh minus 850 against a player i've never heard of but that's a uh, player to watch out for uh in these qualifying rounds uh anaconia is here probably gonna lose uh avanesian versus lizette cabrera that's low-key a pretty good match uh i'll probably look to have a bet there i think um that's honestly a decent match low-key uh same with shiriko versus now ibino i think that's uh Loki a good match there too. Uh Chirico Moneyline looks good there, I think. Uh Oksana Slachmateva. Uh, a bit overhyped and overpriced after her um performance in the qualifying of the French Open. I think she made the first round. Um pretty exciting. Uh pretty sexy, tiny little Russian girl, but uh she kind of fell off. She kind of low key sucks. Uh, she's minus 200 against uh, Vitalia Diachenko, a big time uh, veteran on tour. Kind of a crazy line, honestly. I think Diachenko would win. That's I'm going to take the opposite stance um, compared to Alexandra Iyala versus Misaki Doi. I'm gonna go with the sixteen year old girl there against the veteran. And just just for the vibes, for the fun of it. But I honestly might go Diachenko, the, the the fucking mom versus the teenager. Uh Mateva should not be minus two hundred against Diachenko. But that's a pretty good match also. Rebecca Peterson, who has the slowest serve on tour. I'm not talking about the speed of her actual serve, I'm talking about the the service motion. It takes her about like half an hour to hit a serve. Uh, I don't recommend you to watch it. I mean, maybe just once so you see what I'm talking about, but it's very painful to watch. Uh, but she sucks, by the way. But she's playing against uh, Victoria jimenez Casinseva, who I believe also won uh, a slam title in juniors. Um, decent player. I think plus 165 could be good, honestly. Irina Maria Barra plays against Leolia Jean-Jean. Um, Irina Maria Barra is the worst player on tour. So, always, always worth fading her. Uh, Jean-Jean in straights is probably a, a really fantastic bet. Ashlyn Clu- uh, Kruger is plus one in 45 against Jeannie Bouchard. Uh, Jeannie Bouchard withdrew from her... Uh, qualifying match in Auckland last week cause she got like a stomach virus or like food poisoning or something um and now she's playing against Ashland Kruger who's honestly not that bad and I think plus 150 for Ashland Kruger is pretty good uh, Miriam Björkland is playing uh Denis Shapovalov's girlfriend she's not that good uh Bolsova versus Heather Watson decent match both uh they're both, you know, both journey women. Been around, been there, done that type girls. Um, decent match, honestly. Uh, not bettable, though. Uh, Ellie Mandlik versus Sone Kartal. Mandlick money line looks really good. Minus 125. I love that. I love that. Uh, Petra Marchinko. I don't recommend betting on her, but she's like 16 or 17, and she's really good and exciting also. Uh, want to watch out for it. Lesia Terenko is playing. I f- I'm sure she's 50 years old. She's so fit, though. Elena Gabriela Roos is playing versus Shawn Mendez. Loki could be an upset there, honestly. Mendez is plus 360. Uh, Elsa Jacquemot versus Clara Bureau. Um, two young French girls. Wow, that sounds really naughty when I said, I, the way I just said it. Um. But Clara Burel minus one thirty-five—that's—that might have to be a bet. And I think that's about it. Honestly, it's a—it's a bit chaotic. Uh, the qualies—it's um, a shit show. It's a lot to keep track of. Usually, people find one or two matches they really like per window, like per slate, and then like bet those or follow those, and then they go on to the next window. Um, but obviously, some of these courts also overlap with. Uh, like, our, like, the schedules are obviously the the courts, the facility is shared with the men's also. So, like, uh, some matches can, like, fucking take forever. I don't think men's are playing, or are they? We could just check. There's no way I'm looking at the men's qualies, but I don't think they play best of fives. Yeah, they don't, right? They do or they, they don't? No, no, they don't, right? It's best of three only. Okay, I think maybe the final round of qualies, so like the third round of qualies is best of 5. I might be wrong though. I I think it's it's like that for one of them, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Um maybe the entire uh all the three rounds are best of 3 and then main draw is best of 5. Yeah, okay, so that's that. There are 32 matches uh tomorrow in qualifying. Uh 32 men's, 32 women's. I'm going to look at all 32 for the women's. Um and maybe find like six, seven, eight good bets, maybe less. Honestly, maybe more. I don't know. I, I feel like uh just as I just skimmed through uh the matches here with you guys, I think I found like five, six, seven interesting matches. Uh so it's probably gonna be something like that. And for uh the Bart Simpson two fifty tournament, I think it's only gonna have to be more of a and Lauren Davis, and if you bet anything else, especially Jasmine Paulini versus uh, Patricia Maria Tig, then you have serious problems, but I do respect you. This has been The Safe Space, thank you so much for listening. Let's continue to be great, and as always, best of luck to us, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.